Caitlin, don't. What the world? Somebody has been in here turning these knobs again. <laughs> Caitlin, don't act like you ain't been on the podcast before. Yeah, but that that was um. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> well, I know she's been on before. That was when you started your We the People book. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Wasn't much. you probably didn't get to say much. Mm-mm. No. I called Blake this morning. Or no, did you call me? Oh, here we go. Did you call me? I sent Blake a text this morning and said, well, I need to record a podcast today. Uh, well, I had mentioned it to you yesterday, Caitlin. I wanted to do a podcast with you. Caitlin just finished her first ultra marathon. So we're going to talk about that. And then I call, I texted Blake said, do y'all want to do this? And then he calls me and and says... I text you back. And then he says, yeah, you know, well, somebody's going to have to keep the girls and mom and dad might come up. We're not going over there, so maybe we could just come to your house and then maybe we can shoot <laughs> bows and maybe... Th-. And I'm like, uh, well, that's all good, Blake, but I'm just trying to record a podcast. I was saying... That maybe we could do it around the time of dinner when they're already coming up, maybe, and they can watch the kids. You just don't understand the way I talk. You did the same thing you were doing when we were recording Enough Said Running. You, 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 we had a simple thing no. we were trying to do, and you just nuked it. No. You just don't understand. You started talking about shooting bows and stuff, and I'm trying don't to understand. record a dang podcast. Well, that's I got to thinking, well, darn, we could shoot bows this evening, too. Well, I said, I think I'm going to shoot my bow today, and then I think the wheels were just like... You got talking to that mic. The wheels were just going off, and you were like, oh, we could do this, we could do that, we could do that. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> yep. Well, deal with it, son. Well, everybody, I hope you're having a good morning this morning. We, uh, we're we suffering through winter storm Poindexter down here in Georgia. We got, we got hit with the full force of it yesterday, and it's still too... I'm done with this cold. Uh, I'm, I ain't doing nothing until it warms back up. I'm done with the cold. You ain't, you ain't going to do nothing. I'm going huh? in, to sit inside until it warms back up. I'm protesting this cold. Well, it, it's it's spring it's springtime, man. Yeah, uh, I'm tired of this crap. And um, welcome back to the Three of Seven podcast. This episode today is brought to you by our patrons that support the Three of Seven podcast. If you want to join us on Patreon, we try to do all kinds of cool stuff over there. It's in the show notes of this episode. This show is also brought to you by Nuff Said Running. The new video series that we training series that we just released for whoever wants to become a better runner, because that's what we do around here is run, which is what this podcast is going to be be about is running, and it's also brought to you by all the other stuff, all the other training, like the basic course, like the proving grounds. Yeah, somebody asked me one time, "What is Three of Seven Project?" I said, "Well." It's a podcast, and it's a training company. And Blake doesn't like that because he, he wants to overcomplicate it. No, I think that's good. Oh, I've had trouble defining it myself. That's what we do. Thanks for putting the simple um, definition yeah. to it. That's what keeps 307 Project alive is the training that we put on and the people who have the courage to roger up. I just did the basic course Team 18 pre-call 
this past Friday, and I told those people, I said, you know, it always amazes me that you guys have the courage to sign up for this thing, and you don't even really know what it is. You know a little bit about the basic course, but you don't even know what's about to happen. Yeah. And it still amazes me to this day how many people are willing to come and trust us, entrust us to put on something that is going to be valuable in terms of their growth and development. Yeah. In their body, soul, and spirit. So welcome. That's what the that's what three of seven project is, and that's why this podcast is here because of those things. Have you ever been to an Alabama foot race? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even that wasn't even Alabama ultra marathon. <laughs> that was just the Alabama foot race. Oh no, it was an ultra marathon, <laughs> all right, in distance. It, but you know, back in the day, people used to, you know, sometimes out here in the country. People put up fencing, you know, for cows and and livestock and stuff. And every time, every now and then, you'll be pulling into a pasture, a cow pasture or something. And instead of some, some instead of the landowner having a gate, sometimes they'll just have an area in the fence where you just pick the fence post up out of the ground mm-hmm. and you just. The whole you move the wire and everything just out of the way, and then you just drive through the fence. You know that's a yep. that's an Alabama thing. You know that was an Alabama gate. Yep. You just can't expect a whole heck of a lot when you cross the line into Alabama. It's like going back in time, man. It is. It is. We man. drove to Fort Payne. Fort Payne didn't have a single. Ch- like chain grocery store, like a Kroger or a Publix or Ingles or whatever grocery store y'all have, they were all little mom and pop, like food land. Yep. Grocery stores. Less than less than an hour from where we're at. It's wild, man. Yeah. How that's, how that's, much of a difference it is over there. That's how quick it happens. You cross and it's like just at the snap of a finger, things change. Yeah. That little town we went through. I don't even remember the name of it up there. Is it Menton? No. Uh, On the way to that speaking engagement. Uh, they okay. didn't they had the little mom and pop hardware shop. Yeah. And, yeah. Y'all jokers in Alabama, y'all doing something right. Yeah. Y'all have somehow remained insulated from all of the uh expansion. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely when we drove through what town was that I said? You man? got talking that much. What town was that that we went through? We went through Mentone. Mentone. I was yeah. like, man, this is my kind of town. I want to move here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it. Yeah. I mean, but uh, my question is, where would you? I mean, where would you get get groceries or like the darn food? Just drive <laughs> At to the, Somerville, probably. Yeah. Well, Somerville. Yeah, <laughs> it ain't much better. Menlo had a had a Lucky's. Oh yeah, Lucky's. Lucky's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a convenience store, uh, grocery store. Mm-hmm. You would yep. just have to open your own store. Or grow. There. I think most of them are probably growing most of their own groceries. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Probably are. Um, well, we went out to Alabama and ran a race yesterday. <laughs> Mine didn't go so well. <laughs> um, but Caitlin's went very well. Yeah. Why did you decide to run this ultra marathon? Caitlin ran 50K trail race. Well, 
So I just I started training and getting better at running, and I signed up for was it an eighteen miler? You didn't sign up, did you? Oh, I didn't sign up, but I was going to. I said, Blake, look, this is a race I want to do. It looks like something I could do, and it was back in it, February. It was a half marathon. Half marathon, and um, he said, Well, you know, you can already run a half marathon. You need to go bigger, and I was like. Well, okay, and then... No, you said, oh, I don't know if that'd be good for my confidence right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I wanted to be able to finish pretty good and not feel defeated at the end of it. So this one popped up on something called the Lost Falls, and I looked at it, and I thought, well, it's close by, um, convenient to get there, 30-mile race, but I did not anticipate how challenging the trails would be at that DeSoto Falls. Yeah, we got full, you got full benefit out there. Yeah. For sure. Why'd you decide to run one in any race? I wanted to do something to uh, build my confidence up and get out there and just. See what you were made of? Yeah. It's been a while since I've done much challenging of besides raising the girls, that I wanted to focus on doing something for my me and seeing what I can do and just grow better as a person and see what it was all about because everybody around me has been running. So, <laughs> Well, there's a difference in doing something like doing something hard like raising kids or having kids. You know, you said having Blakely was probably the only thing harder than this that I've ever done. And it's like, you don't have it. If you got a baby inside of you, you have to have that baby. Like, you can't, it's impossible. You can't say, I, no, I'm not going to have this baby. Like, yeah. you have to. And even raising kids, I mean, I guess there is a way out to some degree, but you're like, well, I've got these kids. I've got to raise them. But in a race, it's a different kind of hard because you know the the temptation to quit is there. Like, you know, you could, you could stop. I mean, we could have stopped at that gravel road and called somebody to come pick us up and so i think you know uh, i don't want to get too far ahead but to see what you're made of is you know doing something hard in that way is different than doing something hard like having kids or raising kids yeah um yeah out on that gravel road is when we <laughs> probably hit you well, were thinking it and i was thinking it <laughs> well look i want to make a comment about having kids real quick oh okay <laughs> stacy <laughs> Stacy at Mount Mama Farms posted a thing on Instagram the other day, and it looked like one of her children wasn't feeling good, and she was holding her child, and she said, she said, some days being a parent takes all of you. And I said, that's why I don't have kids, because every day I want to have a little bit for myself. I don't yeah. want to have any days where I don't have a little bit for myself. <laughs> Yeah, luckily I, I still ain't get, playing that game. Cat lets me get some days, so I still have some time to myself. She probably has less, much less than I do. I think it's growing now that I've got a little more sense in me that says, "Hey, if you don't give me this, I can't perform my best for them." Well, in case y'all aren't listening, by the way, Caitlin is Blake's wife and my sister-in-law. In case y'all didn't know that. Um, well, I don't know where the world Blake just ran off to. 
He gets distracted easily, so I bet you he's getting Sadie. Oh, he's putting a dog in. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> let's talk about let's talk about this race. <sighs> the loss falls. I want to preface everything that we're about to say here about this race uh, with the fact that this race director that put on this race, I understand that he was shorthanded, and it probably had something to do with the weather. Uh, and I have directed a race, and I understand that races can't happen without volunteers. Mm-hmm. And this jugger didn't have no volunteers. I think he had two. Yep. I think he had two volunteers and a, over 100 runners. Three distant. Yeah, three races. distances and spread out across trails. And, um, you know, so I just want to say, whoever listens to this, understand that I'm not dogging this guy out because he didn't have no help. No, what we experienced wasn't a fair assessment of, of that organization's ability to put on a race. He had a great course. Yeah. The course was great. Mm-hmm. But we went from fr- from Friday night, The I guess it was about, well, I walked outside at late Friday night after sunset, and it was probably 70 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if, this, if it's going to be 15 degrees and snowing in the morning, something drastic is about to have to happen. Well, sure enough, we woke up on Saturday morning, and winter storm Poindexter <laughs> had descended upon us settled in and there was snow on the ground and the, the wind was blowing probably 25 miles per hour yeah Dur- while i was running the wind actually blew the top out of a dead tree about 20 yards in front of me and it fell on the trail and i was like holy smokes man yeah i mean it was ripping it was yeah it was. and we got out there y'all got out there earlier than i did well, I stood in that line. There was one of the two volunteers was doing race check-in. Mm-hmm. And there was a line 30 minutes long to get your bib. I'll say we would have got your bib if we knew the line would have been that long. Yeah. Good. When we got there, there was no, nobody. We were the only ones. There, people were trickling in, and it was like, yeah, here's your packet. I felt so bad for that guy, man. Yeah. Me too. Hey, they, they, he, he was, he got hung out there to dry, dude. Yep. Um, finally got our race packets. We get up on the start line and we get ready to go. How are you feeling, Caitlin? Um, I was anxious. I, in the car, I was like, I was already moving. Like, I wanted to get out of the car and get started because I knew it was going to be cold and I just wanted to start it and, get going i was just anxious and nervous i keep saying i was nerve-sided because i was nervous and excited at the same t- time and i didn't know what to expect really i was going in like blinded <laughs> i didn't know what i expect from myself how it was going to go and where i was even at i've never been up to that place so mm-hmm. i was nervous for sure well yeah you didn't have the only thing you knew what to expect was that you was going to run. You'd yeah. never been to a race, like how the aid stations mm-hmm. work, the course markings. You've never ran that distance. Nope. Um, 
really even that kind of terrain, the roll kind of rolling terrain that it was on you know, out where we run, it's either a long climb or a long downhill. Yeah. They, you don't get kind of rolling terrain up up where we run a lot. That's what I was gonna say. I wasn't. Ex- I was expecting going up and then coming down, yeah. but it was like hills and va- like valleys through the whole course. And I, I didn't expect. I didn't know how my body was gonna handle um, going up and down like that, speeding up, slowing down, and I finally got the hang of it. Probably towards the end where I could. I don't know. I was just so. I didn't know. Like my mind was everywhere. I couldn't got in get focused. You finally got in your yeah, groove. Yeah, I got. Yeah. I it was like I couldn't find my sweet spot for um, the majority of that race. Either I was too focused on my footing, and I couldn't. I, I realized I wasn't drinking because I was so focused. I mean, I was having a good time going through those um, trails that were up and down and into the rocks and into the water. That was really really fun, but. I wasn't drinking because I kept focusing on that so much. And then at that mile 15 is when I realized everything started locking up that I had. Whoa. Now, don't now, get now, too far Now, we ahead. just went, from, don't get we just went from standing how you felt at the start, start line <laughs> to mile 15. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so. Um, what was your strategy for, for running that day? Um. It was basically don't don't stop, don't quit. And I wanted to be able to finish it. That was my main goal. And then I went from there. I wanted to go finish it. Then my second goal was finish it in seven hours, and I just went up from there, six, five, and four, and that was my goal. Did you start off running? Did it feel real slow when you started off? Oh, yeah. Every time I start off, I'm, real, I'm slow. It takes me a while to warm up. But mm-hmm. being with Blake, he – he goes faster, obviously. His legs are about <laughs> a lot longer than mine. So he's always going 100 miles an hour. So he's always starting off fast and going fast. And I think if I start off too fast, I kind of get, I just, it, it's hard for me to catch back up. It's like I get dizzy or lightheaded. So, yeah, when you start off in an ultra marathon, it should feel miserably slow to you in the mm-hmm. beginning. And by the way, your comment about Blake running fast, I mean, I guess running fast is relative. <laughs> um, and we're standing at the start line and we're getting ready. The gun's about to go off and the whole start line blows over. Yep. Yeah. It just oh, no. uh, a big gust of wind comes and it blows the whole arc, the blow up arch thing. That by the you, way. He's got it tied to two different 60-pound kettlebells. Yep. The the big balloon that you run under. Yep. It all just blows to the to the ground. And so we're over there a minute before the gun goes off trying to help this guy stand his stuff back up. And finally, he just gives up on it. He just says, <laughs> Crap screw it, it, man. <laughs> and so the gun goes off. Now... I went straight off the front. We got down on that little pave. We went down that little paved area, and I just pulled right out in front of everybody because I I wanted to run fast that day. It was so dang cold. My eardrums were hurting from the wind blowing that cold air into my ears. Did y'all feel that? I had we had a yeah, ball gowns on. Had bands on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just had a ball cap on my. My daggone eardrums were freezing up, man. Yeah. 
They wasn't even your, drumming, your, was it? Your ears look pretty cold right there at the top. I, I noticed them. They look like purple or red. Or no, I wore a beanie. Yeah. I had a base layer and a long sleeve on top of it. Some tights on. Yeah. I stayed pretty warm. You, I think you probably had more clothes on than anybody, either to me or Chad. I think I just had a thin jacket on. and. It took me about an hour of running to get warmed up. The whole trail... Is covered in snow and ice. And where it ain't iced over, it's in about four inches deep of water. Mm -hmm. I was running as, I was literally running as hard as I could run. And all, as fast as I could run was a 10 minute mile because the trail was so snowy, icy, rocky, technical, or wet. Yep. Or all those things combined. Mm -hmm. That was the fastest I could put a mile down was about a 10. I kept, my, my watch would click them off, and I'd be like, man, I, I'm going as hard as I can go. And I'd look down at every mile. would be a 10-minute mile. 10 minute, I was like, what the heck, man? Yeah. So yeah. it was nasty. It took us a while to get uh, to get our like our plan together on the – because we didn't do any – I mean, we we didn't do any training together. Where yeah. Like we might would go out and run a couple runs together, but we would just – pull apart from each other and but that we only did that one or two times so when we got out there i started out in front oh gosh and of course i was running a little too fast and then uh we got she got a couple people behind so i waited and i said well you just run up front and uh she did that the rest of the race ran out out in front and we kind of settled into the pace of everything but it took us it probably took us a couple miles to figure out like what we were going to run, how we were going to do it, uh, just because we didn't do any training together. I was either watching the kids while you were running, or if mm-hmm. we were th- there together, then uh, same thing. I was playing with them while you got your workout in. Yeah. Would you guys recommend a married couple doing a race together? I I enjoyed it. I thought it we went really good. We didn't get... Well, normally, depending... We have gotten arguments before out on the trails when we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we do... Uh, train or run together but I, I i was glad that i had him there i thought she was gonna i thought she was gonna uh get ill at me out there on the trail because mm-hmm. we had before but she didn't yeah i was pretty thankful for his support out there <laughs> well that's a that's a huge accomplishment i don't know if brooke and i could make it through an ultra marathon together well i think y'all could now cat reminded me a lot of myself on my first ultra marathon i told her the story about me tying uh, telling you i had to tie my non-existent <laughs> shoelaces till you realized i didn't i had bungee, bungee oh, yeah. laces and uh we i would tell her hey you know we gotta take advantage of these good trails while we can and she just she wasn't gonna run unless i called unless i put the call to action out there that all right you know what we gotta do yeah. and she would do it and finally she got to where she would she, well, I wouldn't even have to say anything. She would take off, but it uh-huh. took about half the race. And I said, we got to run this. And then uh, I think she learned a lot about running too, how to let the da- downhills push her and, you know, pick up that speed. And, but, um, well, but, did you guys, did you guys see all of the uh, scattered Halloween candy at the first aid station? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right where there, the, where the, at the road crossing where the police was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Candy everywhere. Yes. Okay. Well, that was because of me. <laughs> so, we're going through this race, and 
you know, I didn't. I, I expected the aid stations to at least have a, some sort of volunteer there. I come, I come to the first aid station, and I'm in, I'm pretty far out in front already at this point, and I can't even see any runners behind me. I get there, and there's a, a small table with two jugs of uh, one had Powerade, one had water. Well, the one with the water was frozen. The, the nozzle was completely frozen, so I couldn't get water. So I got the Powerade one for some reason still worked. I fill my bottle up with Powerade, and there's a bag of Halloween candy on the table. That's all that's there, two jugs and a bag of candy. The bag of candy is not open. My hands are frozen. I'm racing. I know somebody's not too far behind me. And so I'm like, what the heck, man? I pick up this bag of candy, and I'm trying to pull it and, and open it. My hands are frozen. Finally, I just just pull it as hard as I can, and the thing explodes. <laughs> and little mini Snickers and Twix and candy goes everywhere. And here's this uh, large police officer standing there just looking at me like, what the heck, man? And I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, is no one, was no one here at this aid station because just because I'm out front and maybe they haven't made it to this mm -hmm. spot yet? And so then I grab a couple of the Snickers and they're frozen too. Oh, yeah. And so they, they were like putting a block a fr uh, block of ice in my mouth and candies. Ever, but I I just have to keep running. I'm racing, right? I think, well, my aid station worker's going to get here soon and they can put this stuff to, you know, to where people can grab it. I know. I know. But I was racing. And so little did I know that was going to be the standard of all the yeah. aid stations. Well, the first one we got to. There, there was there was a guy there, and he, I see this tub, and this is different from any other aid station I've been to, and I see this tub, like a Tupperware with lid on it, and they, they've got the two jugs, just like you said, Powerade and water, and I'm like, hmm, maybe they've got the stuff like packaged up in this tub, so I pop the lid off of it. They're standing there, not don't take the hands out of their pockets. I pop the lid off of it, and there's a bunch of potato chips. <laughs> And so I kind of start digging through there, and I'm like, I wonder if there's something else in this. And the guy said, oh, yeah, the good stuff's at the bottom. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So I get to the bottom, and there's like, there's one soft, chewy bar that's got like a granola bar with Oh, that some, was a Kirkland's. Okay. A, Kirk, a Walmart brand, yeah. And then there's a, that, so I see like two of those, and then I see a package of the the yellow wrapper, double stuff Oreo, the reverse Oreo with the vanilla wafer and, or uh, vanilla cracker on it. And that was about all that was in there. And I, I didn't have time to comment back to the guy of, of what he's calling good stuff, but I grabbed one of each one of those because I thought, so I guess this is as good as it's going to get and I'm going to have to make it through on this. So we grabbed that stuff at, uh, at that first one. Well, Brooke had told me actually this morning, she said, you know, I looked in Caitlin's vest one time running vest and there was a bunch of bags of potato chips <laughs> <laughs> that hadn't been eaten 
she a half had, bag. Did, did you think that was all you were gonna have to eat, and so you just you just loaded up on potato chips, or? I don't know. I think that I just had both of she both asked, of ours. She asked me. She said, "You think I should get any of these potato chips?" And I said, "Well, you need something with salt because she was having cramps." So, I mean, we had some bars and things we brought, not enough for the whole race. I had two gels. I brought two. Because look, when you when you pay a hundred dollars to run a race. You're paying for the aid stations. Oh, yeah. That's 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 what you're paying for because all these courses are on, on public land. So yeah. you could go run this. At any, you're paying so that people have these things set up along the way so that you can go faster. Yeah. That's what you're paying for. Yeah. I mean, that's what we... She had like this peanut butter banana thing she made and like a little fruit stick and a couple yeah. little snacks. I had and two bar. bars... And then I had we each had uh, this drink mix that we were using, and so I mean we probably could have made it on the drink mix, but ideally I like to supplement that with aid station food as I run, and that's my main source. And I just grab fruit as I go. And when I when I seen it was that way, I just tried. To, I said, "Well, you need to down that. You need to down that powdered thing at every hour, and then." We're just going to get some salt, you know. I was trying to find things that were salty because of her cramps. I'd get pretzels or Cheez-Its or potato chips or something along the way. And Yeah, we didn't um, have anything for salt. I had the, the bar and that wrap that you're saying, and I didn't have any salty stuff. Well, that drink mix has a good bit of salt, and it. it doesn't taste like it, but it does. But even, I mean, even that's not enough when you get cramps. You want, like, So when did the cramps start for you? Uh, it was about mile 15 or 16. No, oh. it was even before that. Cause remember you said, how much further do we have to go? I thought that was 15. No, I, uh, uh, we were like 12 or 13. Cause you said, are we at least halfway? And I said, eh, I don't know, maybe I, almost. And you said, no, oh, don't tell me we're not <laughs> even halfway yet. I couldn't, I think it was right oh. after we got out of the. The fort, like the falls part, like we got on that gravel road, is when no, I started. I know right where it was at. It was when you came to that sign that said long course and short oh, course. Yeah. <laughs> it was just past the long course turn. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, whatever mile that I was. I just remember yeah. it being on that big rocky gravel that it started hurting. That's all I remember. So, where were you cramping at? Right above my knees and my mm, toes. Quads. Yeah. Quads. Ooh, toes. Never had that before. It was like I was, I told Blake, I said, Blake, because I thought I wouldn't be able to straighten my foot out. I don't know if I was just so tense or I couldn't just relax because I didn't know. I was just so, I didn't know what to expect. So I was just like, Ooh. yeah, cramped up. So the trail winds around down all this single track that's really nasty, technical, beautiful trail. Some of, I mean, the kind of stuff I like to run on. And um, mentioning Blake, the, the signage where Caitlin started cramping. You come to a point where the course splits, and there's a sign that says short course this way, long course this way. And there are three Well, there are races. three races going on, 50K, a half marathon, and a 10K. So I'm looking at these signs saying, well, what does this mean here? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm... I'm running the longest course that is available, so I'm going to go with the signage that says long course. But wouldn't it have been much better if it would have said 50K and half marathon this way, 10K this way? Mm -hmm. 
That would have cut down on a little confusion. Well, the one that would have been confused would have been the half marathon because they're the, they're the medium course. Yeah, it's I could go either way, <laughs> you know. And they were supposed to go on the short course direction. So did Brooke say anything? Does she remember that part? Or? Brooke doesn't even know how many miles she ran. I, I she her her watch didn't track her. If you didn't have a watch out there, you would have no clue how many miles you ran or yeah. where where you even went. And so yeah, I remember that spot. I, I'm gonna. I'm going to finish up with telling you how my race went, and then I want to talk about Caitlin when she gets on, get gets to her low point. I finally get down to one of the unmanned aid stations. You can just call them aid stations. Aid stations. <laughs> uh, at the bottom of this long gravel fire road, and I get to this one, and both water jugs are frozen up. And so I have to take the top off the water jug and dip my Hydro Flask bottle in there to get some water. Then I go to, to tap into the Tupperware box that's there. I'm the first one that's been to this aid station. The lid is frozen onto the Tupperware box because they put all this stuff out the night before. And so I take a rock from the gravel road and beat the handles off of the tupperware box so that i can pull the lid off get me a kirkland's best (laughs) chocolate granola bar out i'm sitting here thinking i'm eating all the stuff i tell people not to eat because there's no other option and um i get done with that and i look up in front of me and there's a there's a course marker the rules are to keep the course marker on your right hand side the whole way and so I look up, there's a course marker, I take off. I'm running, I get up, go miles and miles along the river, I get up to the next aid station, there's nothing, there's a bottle of Coke there, I take two cups of Coke, and then take off like a bat out of hell, and I'm coming, I'm, I'm running down the trail, and there's a photographer, and he's cheering me, he's like, yeah man, you're real close, and I look down at my watch, and I'm at 18 miles. And I'm like, I can't be close. He's like, oh, well, they must send you out on another on another loop or something. And I was like, okay. I get to 18 and a half miles, and I run up, and I come out there at the start-finish line. And people are clapping, cheering me on. And, <laughs> and I'm like, no, don't. Like, my race is not over. I'm at 18 and a half miles. And then... I'm like, hey, where's where does the course go? And the guy standing there at the start finish line was like, well, I don't know. I'm just a volunteer. I don't know where the uh, where the race director is. And then two other runners walk up to me and they say, hey man, there's already been four other 50k runners that have come in. And and I'm like, there's no way. I, I haven't seen another runner the whole time. I've been in first place the whole time. He's like, yeah, there's already been four more that have come in. And he said, uh, he said the, the race director just told him to go out and just have, however many miles they got, just go out and run and, and get your distance in and then we'll record your time. And really, and, yeah, that's what he said. The race, just go get it in wherever you the want. The race director just said, go run until you hit 50 K and then, Come back in and we'll record your time. <laughs> and then uh, 
the other guy says, yeah, man, the, the other runners were, they were pissed. And they were like, the race director is somewhere, I guess he's hiding because these runners are coming in and yelling at him because of the courses. Then I finally, finally find the race director. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm at 18 and a half miles. And I heard other 50K runners have already come in. He's like, yeah, man, I don't know what to tell you. Go out and run, run your miles if you want. And I'm like, well, let me, where did I miss the turn? I said, there's no way. I don't understand how I got off course. And so I start talking to him about how I came down that, that gravel fire road to that aid station and, and bear to the left. And he said, oh, no, you should have bear to the right. He said, you didn't see that big sign down there with the red writing on it saying runners go to the right? And I said, no, there's no sign down there. He said, oh, well, it must have blew away. Yeah, there was no sign. Yeah, it, it blew away. And so at that point, I'm like, all right, th this is this is over. Yeah. Like, people are just out just running. <laughs> that's, yeah. And so uh, that's when I just shifted gears in my mind, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to go. We drove to Fort Payne which is about 10 minutes down the road, got a bunch of food snacks because then my mind shifted to you guys that were out there and I knew what you were working with <laughs> and I really wanted Caitlin to be successful. So I was like, I'm just going to go get a bunch of food, link up with you guys and run the rest of the way with y'all and make sure at least you have some decent snacks to eat. Yeah. And that's what I did and that was the rest of my day. So that's how my race went. I don't... Didn't know what else to do. Yeah. So uh, what was your time for that 18? Uh, was that like a record for you? No, no. I couldn't run that fast because the, the course was so nasty. I think it took me like three and a half hours to run 18 and a half. Um, but I was running as hard as I could run yeah. given that terrain and the environmentals. Yeah. But uh, so when I, when I finally got comms with you guys y'all were on that loop that yeah. i missed yeah. because that's what i was calling blake for to make sure he didn't do the same thing that i did mm -hmm. and and you guys actually took the turn yeah and went out on that big loop which is the part of the race course that i missed now is that where you would say you hit your low point where you you the loop i'm talking about is where you cross the creek where we Met up with y'all at yeah. the truck where you had your truck. Where you crossed the creek, right? You had the cramps was the first yeah. low point you had, and that was the quads and Yeah. And uh that slowed you down for Yeah. A little bit. But that that wasn't quite as bad. I've never experienced cramps like in my leg my that part of my leg before. Like I've always gotten Charlie horses in my calves. But I've never had cramps right there. I don't know if it was just from me picking up my knees so much to get over all those rocks and stumps and getting through the creeks and all that. But I don't know. Didn't you have some stomach problems on that loop? Because, Blake, yeah. I remember you telling me that something something went bad sideways and then, Caitlin, when you pulled through it, you, you laid down some good some good fast miles yeah yep. so she worked through the cramps mm -hmm. and then she kind of came out of that we get down to that aid station and the good thing about those aid stations were that you they didn't make you want to spend more time there than you needed to <laughs> you know sometimes you'll I, I kept telling cat now look we got to be in and out of these aid stations and 
And then on this race, she's like, man, that was easy. What do you mean you you want to you want to spend a bunch of time there? She was like, it didn't take us no time. I said, well, that's a good thing about those aid stations that they didn't suck you in. But yeah, so we get down there, and we had been running uh, kind of back and forth with this group of three people, and they were just about to leave that aid station. So we see them go to the right, and after you make that turn, it becomes obvious that's the way to go. Because the the flags were on both sides of the road where mm-hmm. there was two way traffic, and so after you made that turn, then you could see the, both the the flagging. But where where you come down, that one is obvious, and it yeah. it's right there in front of you. The other one is really low, like over in the bushes. Yeah. You really can't see it. So I tell her, just go ahead. I'm I'll mix your bottle and I'll catch up with you. And so she goes that way, and then we cross that. And we're on that gravel road, and then we take that right. You remember, we start to go up that deep, rutted, really rutted trail, and that kind of long, mild climb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take it on from there. Um, that's after the creek, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we crossed the creek water with the guy that the older guy. No, this was right after the aid station. Okay. You know, you went down, and I came up and said, "Did you get across that dry?" Mm-hmm. And then we had that long climb where I was having to push you. Like yeah. Chad had pushed me before. Oh man, you must have been really out of it, Caitlin. Yeah, you don't remember was, any of this. Mm-mm. Well, she was saying, know. she was saying, "Oh, my toes are cramping so bad. <laughs> what am I doing wrong?" I thought, "Gosh, I've never experienced this before. I didn't know if I, if what I was doing wrong." Because I was like, "Why are my legs and my toes and everything feeling like this?" And I just, I guess it was just not training on well, that terrain before. And you That's started the only thing I could having. Think of. You started having the stomach problems up there too. So this this trail is, it, I mean, like it's like prime. Just turn it on high, running. It, but other than the big mud holes, you got to go around. You got to get into these thick briars to get around these probably four or five foot deep mud holes. And uh, I kept saying, like at, at one point, I'm I'm looking at my watch. It's giving me our average mile. And it's just going up and up. And we get up to like a 17 and a half minute average mile because we had walked so much. And I said, you know, we got to run. If you want to do this thing, we got to run. We have to. We cannot walk. And her stomach, she just kept saying, oh, my stomach. I just think I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. And, you know, she was eating all that processed crap. Yes, and and I haven't had that in so long. And But now I know where where I'm at now. Because this is where I started. As long as I got I get the got those cramps out of me the the knees the knees and the stomach then I just started visualizing I just visualized Blakely and Josie being at the finish line and I I mean I was emotional like just thinking about them being at the finish line and just actually being able I don't know at some point I I don't know if it was we passed somebody or I saw somebody on that trail, and that made me think, okay, I'm still in this. Because at this point, I didn't know where I was at in the race. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had a hard time reading my watch because I've never ran that mo- much with that watch on before. And I couldn't tell what it was to saying. So at that point, when I saw somebody there, and I knew, okay, I could, I'm, I'm, I'm going to still be able to pull through this. Well, that couple came up behind us, that man mm-hmm. and woman. You remember yes. right at that intersection, mm-hmm. and they they were moving pretty good, but they had been they had been back behind us. And uh, but I remember 
I had my phone on vibrate when you called, and I looked, and I thought, dang, I wonder what he's calling me for. And then I, I called you back, and at that point, I hadn't given up hope, but I thought, <laughs> if she doesn't come out of this, like, within the next 10 minutes, like, we we were kind of just floating the line. And I, oh, wow. And I was like, you know, if, if she can't come out of this, we just won't finish it. And then, you know, I talked to you, and I think that gave her a little bit of, I don't I, I told her what you said. She wouldn't listen. I do on speakerphone, but she wasn't was listening. Behind you, yeah. Okay. But it um, and you said just just keep her positive. You know, we'll bring some snacks, and then so that gave us a little bit to talk about. I told her about uh, you know, how your race went, what happened, that y'all were coming with snacks. So I don't know if that had any effect on her or not, but it did me. I was like, oh well, cool. You know, we're gonna see them soon, and so like I'm just going to keep her positive till we can get her some good food to get the stomach stuff behind her. Then those people passed us, and I think a culmination of all that yeah. kind of brought hope back. And it made you realize you weren't just stuck out there yeah. by yourself. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very easily you could have felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. because yeah, we hadn't I, seen anybody no. in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that couple come back up behind us. They passed. We had small talk with them. And then we get back on that fire road mm-hmm. with that new, fresh, big, dang rip rap stone on the Oh, yeah, that stuff's fun to run on. Gosh, man. I kept kicking it up, and I got a bruise on my shin for where I kicked one up, and it hit me on the shin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that stuff was rough. And And he just let us know right at, what was that, and 10 o'clock at night? night? before, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Um But you turned turned it up on that gravel road going, a lot of it was kind of downhill, there was just some little mild uphills, but it was mostly down, just rolling through that WMA land. And, uh, and you, I mean, I thought they were about 10 minute miles. I don't think they were that fast. I looked back, mm, they were around like 12. 11 or yeah. 11 and a half, but that was faster than you had been running for quite a while. And, uh, I mean, that really saved us for, you know, that four miles that saved us probably 30 or 40 minutes from what you were running. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how I got to, I guess because I realized my, I could, I could still finish this because at this point I didn't know if I was going to be able to finish it or not. I, like we're saying, I don't, there's nobody around. I'm so far behind. I didn't know how far, how much I had to go. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just pushed through it and just kept going. We had yeah. this older man that was running behind us and, uh, I had seen him before I caught back up with Cat out of that aid station, and he was in terrible shape on one of them hills. And I said, come on, man, you're doing good. And he's like, oh, man, I got this bad calf cramp. <clears throat> he said, I'll walk it out. And he had ended up catching up with us. And I told Cat, I said, you better not let that man pass you. <clears throat> and she didn't care at that point I if did. anyone passed her or not. She was like, I don't give a crap. <laughs> but he never did. When she turned it up there, son, she rolled on and left that joker. And... uh and we, we ran that big loop, and I ended up pulling up the Strava course, and it showed where we were at on it, so I could kind of tell her, hey, we're coming up on this, and uh, I wanted to keep her in the dark and say, just just focus on where you're at, but it wasn't working for her. She wanted to know, like, all right, I can do getting to the next aid station, but I need to know, like, what I've got left to, to get to it. Yeah. She wasn't at the point she needed to break it down to get over that next hill. She wasn't hurting bad enough. I think she, like, going aid station to aid station was good. And if she knew that, okay, well, you know, I might have, like, a mile left. And I'd, I'll gut it out for a mile. 
we'll get there, reassess, and then we'll move on to the next one. So that ended up working out uh, after I pulled up that app, and we could kind of see where we're at on the course. Well, I'm, when I'm out here at Barry, that's mainly where I've been running. I'm out here by myself, and I have, a, I have my phone telling me, okay, where you're at, how fast you're going, uh, what speed you're at. I mean, she's telling me all of the all of my mileage and mm-hmm. everything, and I'm out here. I don't know where, how fast I'm going, how far behind I am. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, we get to that can start to get to your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it will, especially if that's what you're used to training and you're used to knowing, like, because I'm kind of that way, too. I don't I don't want to break it down that small. I mean, if you do, you can, and it helps, but you're in a bad spot when you're having to just get over the next hill. Or, mm-hmm. um, But we come around that corner, and then we see you guys there. Y'all are filming. and say, Y'all oh. look good. Yeah, when, when was, we, I would have never known that y'all ha- were ha- had any difficulties. Yeah, and she pulled through that uh, that one low spot up there with her stomach and cramps and all and finished out that loop strong. We had to wade through that deep crossing. I generally kept my feet dry up to that point because we were just snaking in and out, and then your feet would dry pretty quick. But this, there was a crossing down there that was over your knees where you had to go, go through as a feeder to that big river, and it was right at the mouth of it. And uh, so we got pretty darn wet coming through that and then we saw y'all and she got some good food in her yeah i was so glad to see y'all <laughs> that fruit is like it's like um putting a dry sponge in a tub of water son it just yes. you could tell it was just soaking and it was good and had some good snacks and then uh that's where we took the took the route that you took initially i, yep. I didn't know what to expect with food either because i just had my basic food out here training but i didn't know what i was gonna want what i was gonna crave and if i was gonna want anything because at one point i couldn't drink any more water but i knew if i didn't the cramps were just gonna get worse and worse because i feel like i just stopped drinking there for that good while because i was so focused on not falling and where i was going because i it was hard for me to drink and go drink and go drink and go i just yeah i found that challenging from Oh, definitely. On your when you first start out, yeah, it's hard to manage all. It's hard to manage all that. Mm-hmm. Staying on course, navigating the terrain, remembering to drink, remembering to eat, all all the things that you have to do, and especially it, as technical as that course was. Even down to like, if you if it's time to drink, you you need to drink. But as rolling as that course was, then it's or like she was putting on her gloves at one time or she would drink on the downhills or put her gloves on on the flat and I was like just wait till we get to the uphills when you're already going to slow down and then do those things because when you're when well anytime really if you want to be as efficient as possible you got to pay attention and know like when's when it would be the best time for me to put these gloves mm-hmm. on it's not while I need to be running fast down this hill I can do it when I'm hiking up the hill. So uh, she learned a lot of that stuff too. And well, you know what you know what you need to do, Caitlin, before your next race, go watch the Nuff Said Running video <laughs> I series. Her. I just I told her. messaged David Vehe. He he commented and said congratulations, and I said probably should have needed that running series. Before <laughs> <laughs> it would have saved you a lot of lessons yeah, learned. I'd probably get you a promo discount on it. <laughs> yeah. If you want. I actually have access to the Dropbox where they all are at. Uh, 
Yeah, man. When I linked up with you guys, I could I would have never known that y'all were having any troubles at all. And then I asked you, Blake, I said, do you want me to just, do you want me to stay with y'all or do you want me to leave y'all alone? Cause I didn't know, I figured y'all might have your own little thing going and, and then I come into the equation and just screw you guys up. But no, I, I mean, I was glad you did it because the whole time I, all I was focused on was like watching because we were moving. I mean, she was moving good, but we were moving slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fast enough to finish it, but we couldn't waste any time. And so the whole time, we didn't really have much conversation because I was like watching the clock. I was helping make sure we didn't go off, all managing all those things just so that she could just run and not worry about it. So we didn't have much conversation. But when you came and ran with us, it was nice to have the just the conversation and, you know, like it, it helped take your mind off the course at least i thought i mean i don't know did you what, i mean at one point thought? i knew y'all were back there talking but i was just like i'm i'm just running well <laughs> you know. had it whooped after that i knew i told i told y'all you got yeah. it you got it whooped now yeah. it's just this is a nice stretch of trail it's runnable there's <laughs> one there was one climb there yeah mm-hmm. you remember that one climb yeah. that was that was a really steep sharp climb mm-hmm. but once you got to the top of that Y'all just rolled. I mean, we rolled on. Yeah. You ran good. You That's when you hit your groove and you were, there is an art to moving across terrain quickly. Mm-hmm. There's an art to it. It's a flow that you get into and, and it becomes, it, it takes less effort when you hit that flow and you had hit that. All yeah. the flats and downhills you were running out and the uphills you were hiking and you just, you just did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were rolling on. We and got. I, I really didn't know what to believe with y'all because sometimes I don't know. Y'all might have told me I'm almost there just to, just to tell me that. So I was just like, okay, sure, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I was just like, I don't know if they're really being honest with me or not <laughs> at that point. No. Oh, yeah, we had it. We had it whooped by the time I got got in with you guys. At uh, at one point, you know, we did that. We did that loop, and another thing to the course marking, we had some people rolling up behind us that I know had passed us. Mm-hmm. I know they passed us. We never passed them again. Nope. And then somehow, they were passing us again. And I thought, did I- we do something wrong, or did like did we not make a, a right turn to do a section? And they were like, man, we got some extra miles in. The Ranger, the Ranger moved the course markings and moved the turnaround spot. Nobody yesterday ran the same course. No, I don't it, think so. Nobody ran the same course. No. And so those people <laughs> passed us for the second time. They weren't over. They were like, yeah, man, we're at like uh, 34 miles. And, and the you know, it's 50K and it's not even over yet. And so yeah. they were like, yeah, we got, we're at like 34 miles right now. We got some extra ones in. And uh, so they're passing us uh, really close to the end. But somewhere in there, Kat said she had looked at the time on her. So she knew the cutoff was oh, eight yeah. hours. And she knew it was over at four o'clock. Yes. And I had just set her watch that morning because it was off, but I set it to Georgia time. Alabama's an hour behind us. And so she looks at her watch and she sees four o'clock because it's set to Georgia time. And she's she didn't say anything till after, but <laughs> yeah. at that point she I had given up hope. She was like, like, What the crap, crap man? I've been this is running this whole time and I didn't even make it. Well, is this when I was with you guys? <laughs> yeah. What the world, man? Yeah, she didn't I, say anything. I just looked at my watch and it said four oh two and I said, Dang. 
And I probably right when I I may I think I slowed down a, a little bit out there with y'all. Yeah, you slowed down that and last I was little probably, bit. Probably. Oh yeah, that was my longest mile mm-hmm. on the on the tracker. It said. I yeah. thought you had slowed down because you knew you were close and and you quit eating and drinking. That's why I thought you slowed down. Oh. No. I remember you were eating that one bar, that one thing that I gave you, and I said you you dropped it on the ground, and I picked it up, and you said, I said, was that any good? Is that any good, Caitlin? And you said, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought you had quit eating and drinking because because you knew you were close. No, I but it's really because you looked at your watch and you thought it was. Yeah, you thought you were at, after cut off. Mm-hmm. That is hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, really, she had a whole hour to go, yeah. and we only had like you know a mile or less left. And I realized, I think I might have realized right when I, I don't know if when I passed the finish line. I don't know when I realized. Maybe when I told you. Well, yeah, I don't even think you knew when we finished. You were like, no. "Did I make it in the yeah. cut off?" Yeah. <laughs> I was it's like, there. "Yeah." So what what ended up being your total time? Um, Do you remember, Blake? Seven hours and 12 minutes. Yeah. Seven hours and 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And full benefit. Snow, ice, cold. Windy. Windy. Re- just remote, lonesome. This was a grassroots. Terrible food. <laughs> grassroots ultra marathon. I yeah. mean... Down, I mean, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was, it was a fun trail. I enjoyed it. I'm yeah. glad I didn't research the trail because I'm glad I was able to be out there and and do that because I might have got a little bit of um discouraged if I would have seen that. Oh, son, she was uh she was sorting through this. She was getting every detail. We were sitting there in the car, and she was like, "Dang, I should have asked what side." What side of the trail do you think the aid stations are going to be on? (laughs) I don't know. What does that matter? So how did you feel when you finished? I I felt amazing. I I mean, I felt physically I was not feeling amazing, but mentally I was just like, I did it. That's all that matters. And I don't, I keep going back and I just, I don't think I had, I have no regrets being out there doing it. I mean, maybe of drinking more water and training a little bit harder, but mm-hmm. I don't think I could have trained for that race out here. Not I knowing don't. what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you now you can start. Now you can train mm-hmm. more specifically mm-hmm. because you you know more what it's going to feel like, what it entails. And by the way, any ultra marathon you go and run after this is probably going to be a lot more plush than the one that yeah. you did. I mean, you did the ultimate grassroots. <laughs> ult- I've ran dozens of races. Never seen one done like this. We could have ran a more pleasurable one if we had self-supported it. <laughs> if we had just known yeah. nothing's going to be out there, yeah. we could have brought some. You, you would have been you uh, you would have been a little more prepared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, it it was good. I mean, I couldn't be more proud of her from the all the uh, you know Aside from the way that the race was, I like the way the, the way the race was. I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't have I thought it was pretty epic. But aside from the things she had to endure because of that, you know, just come going through those things, uh, the cramps and the stomach problems. I mean, not just anybody's going to say, "I'm just going to keep going, man." You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, it was just cool to see 
to see her push through those things and be willing to keep going. Because I kept telling her, I said, well, if you want to walk, we can walk, but uh, we're either going to be out here for eight hours or more, or we'll, we'll finish it, you know, and have a little extra mm-hmm. time. And and she she was like, all right, yeah, that's, we'll just do it. And so uh, there was nobody at the aid stations, obviously, to take you back or to tell you you couldn't mm-hmm. go any oh, yeah. further. So, you had to get out. Yeah, you had to get out under your own power. <laughs> there was there was no uh, nothing else. But Did you learn anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, like about yourself or... Um, I learned, probably, I don't know if I learned anything about myself, but learned how to be more efficient with running and eating and running and eating and actually going out and training like that. Because when I, tr- when I trained out here at Barry, I would just stop at my car. I would do a loop and stop at my car and just get what I needed instead of having it with me most of the time depending on how far i was going that day but i learned like that but i don't know if i learned anything about myself other than how mentally discouraged i can be talking to myself like mm-hmm. man i don't know if i can do it or huh. I, it hit my it hit me a few times out there it's good to work through that man yeah i mean those are things that is something to that you learned about yourself and I think I think those lessons come in the days to come you know this was just yesterday we ran this so uh, at least for me it takes a a little while to process it or when things present themselves in life and then you see like oh I kind of remember feeling this way in that race and then you remember how you overcame it in the race and it a lot of times it's the same way and in life well I'd say that's one of the one of the biggest lessons that you get to learn and also one of the biggest things you get to practice when you're out running an ultra marathon is that constant battle against that self-talk and the things that you're feeling and the fact that you have to just keep moving and wait till you run your first hundred miler it's that times a dozen Mm -hmm. it's what it is it's it's it gets to the point where that's happening that bat that internal battle of what the crap man i don't want to run anymore can i even do this and you still got 60 miles left you know what i mean i told her on the way home i said you know i think ultra running is has become popular enough that people hear like okay i ran 100 i ran a 50 or 50k and they think i hear that a lot so it it kind of lessens the you know, how hard it is in your mind if you've not done any. And she was like, well, yeah, I mean, I've always thought that they were hard, but uh, you gain a new respect or you gain a you, you gain a point of reference for what, if you run a 50K and you say, okay, well, I did that and I remember how hard it was. Now I know I can at least have some idea of how hard a 50 mile would be or a 100 mile would be. But if you've not ran any kind of long distance race, you don't even know. Mm-hmm. You don't even, you can't, you have nothing to bounce it off of, so mm-hmm. it's like it, it is a unique, yeah, unique experience. Until you go do it, nobody knows what you've gone through. You can only talk to other ultra runners about it, and they can. There, there are a few things think. that every human should do in their life. Uh, one is every human should skydive at least one. I'm saying like one-off things. Every human should ride a bull. <laughs> I think everybody should ride a bull one time. Everybody should run a 100-mile race. 
I, I, just treat it like a hike. Everybody should go out and do it. Yeah. Like it's it's one of those things. A hundred miler is one of those things that I think every human should force themselves to do. If you never run another step, your the whole rest of your life, you should just do that. You will get enough out of it that it will serve you for the rest of your life, even if you never run again. Well, so. I've skydived, but I've not rode a bull or ran a hundred miles. So I got a couple things on my checklist. You're living only half. And, and <laughs> I would put running a hundred miler over running a bull. I mean, riding a bull, because you actually learn valuable things about life yeah. during a hundred miler. You don't learn anything valuable when you ride a bull. It's just a crazy experience. <laughs> but, anyways, well, that's awesome, man. Is there anything else you would like to say about your first ultra running experience? I don't think so. I'm just glad I glad I did it. And now I know what it's about and can decide if it's something I want to do or Well, that's what I was going to ask you, but it's too early. I think it's too soon to ask that question. Yeah. She's moving pretty good today. Yeah. yeah. I was moving better than I thought I would be. At first, because I was so cold at the end of it, I didn't know what was going on with my body. Because yeah. it was just, I don't know if something's hurt or. Well, yeah, a lot of the aches and pains you get out there, you don't know if they're, until you've ran enough, you don't know if they're injuries or if it's just like, well, you just get this way when you move for this long. And so now you're like, oh, well, I'm pretty good. Today. Like, I, I'm sore. I know I put out, but I probably could have done a little more because if I had known that that wasn't an injury, like if it's an injury, you automatically back off. You think oh, this could be an injury. You're automatically going back off the pace to try to make up for that. So just running through that pain, if it's not an injury, you have to learn what is an injury and what is just normal. Like, yeah, I remember after my first, after cruel jewel, my first hundred miler, I, I ran a fever for two days. Mm-hmm. It was just normal. You can't regulate your body temperature. You got a fever. You can barely freaking walk. That's just normal. That's not injury. She said last night her heart rate got up real yeah, high. Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah, that's that's normal, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I'm proud of you, Caitlin. Thank you. I was wondering what you were your thoughts were about how it did. I thought, I mean, the I thought you did awesome. I mean, that was a hard race. For many reasons, not yeah. just because of the terrain, but because of the weather and because of the way the race was organized, it was difficult. And there was a moment that I was worried about you, and I actually got really pissed off about the way the race was organized. Not not for my own sake. I didn't care. I got a good 26, 27 miles in that day, yeah. which was a great training day for me. Um. I was pissed off because I was like, I knew what you had to work with out there and I wanted you to be successful. Yeah. And the fact that you were successful there in that environment at that race, uh, was really impressive. And when I, when I got to run with you, you were positive, you were talking, you were moving well, you were doing everything right. And yeah, I think you're a great runner. And I think if this is something that you, do decide you enjoy you should continue to pursue it because i think you're built for it you're mentally tough enough for it and i think it'll serve you well in life so yeah. i'm proud of you thank you 
I, I, I just started a Chaz. Y'all know Chaz? Yeah. She added me, or she started her own uh, um, women's uh, book study. Book thing. study. So we're going over this book, and I was telling them Thursday night, I said, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. And then Chad signed up for it, and I got really like, oh, crap. Now I feel like I have to prove myself because Chad's <laughs> going to be out there. And he's really like, so. I only uh, ran 18 and a half miles. I mean, <laughs> I told Chad, I said. Actual on the course. I said, well, um, I said, Chad does that kind of stuff a lot. I said, you know, like at CrossFit, he loses track of the rounds or forgets what the next movement is. And she said, you think he's okay? <laughs> and I said, yeah, he's just pushing so hard. He doesn't leave enough mental room to pay attention. to what, But this race uh, was quite obvious why, why it happened anyways. <laughs> I've never got off course in a race before. Oh, well, I mean, it, if you was moving with any intensity and you was about bound to on this one. <laughs> If you didn't have a few minutes to stop and look around and say, "Oh my gosh, I think this is the best best way," then yeah, you'd have yeah. got off course. Well, it was a fun day, man. It was. it was a really fun day, and um, if you guys are interested in running, again, check out Enough Said Running. We, I would encourage anyone again to go out and run an ultra marathon because you create cool memories, you learn things about yourself, and uh, you create the muscle memory to do the right thing when life itself gets hard. Mm -hmm. That's the whole reason that any of us run. It's not really because we want to invest a ton of time in training and running, and I don't even like running that much. I mean, the actual running. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great way to, to become a better human. So I'll be interested to see where you go in your ultra running career from here, Caitlin. Well, she's got a free entry into any of oh, yeah. any all, of those. Uh, we all do. I do too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I do want to say, the race director took complete ownership of the failure uh, uh, that that went down out there. Which I commend him for that. Yep. Mm -hmm. I bet yep. it took all he had just to not go like hide and <laughs> sound like give up for a minute. <laughs> well, get just give up. Like, yeah. just leave. Like. I'm out of here. <laughs> <Sorry>, guys. <laughs> You're on your own. Oh, I man. Do, I have a scripture that I want to share with you guys. Okay. If we have time. Yeah, we got time. Um, It's, it's kind of long, but I was looking for another scripture that I had read the other day. It was, uh, I believe it was Paul about, um, he was, how he discipled he went out into the workforce and just related to people, and that was how he reached others. But this one's in Psalms 42, 2 through 5, and it says, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks. Amid the sound of a great celebration, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God, and I will praise Him again, my Savior, my God. And that was, I wanted to share that in case. I know a lot of there's a lot of brokenness out there and there, 
maybe people struggling with where is my God and going through mentally struggles and battles and and I wanted to share that to kind of give some courage and encouragement (coughs) yeah to give some hope yeah I love that thank you Caitlin well I guess we'll wrap it up for this Sunday's episode and Blake can carry on with complicating what's going to happen for the rest of the day. Yep. <laughs> Enough not said. Complicated. We we'll talk it. we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Enough said. <laughs>